We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel and special guest, NBA reporter of Bleacher Report and author of the book, Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever, Jake Fisher. Jake, how are we doing? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you? Mate, I am absolutely ecstatic that we could get you on. This is going to be a very, very fun time. Let's get stuck in. Yeah, I mean, there's not a better time to have you on, right? The trade deadline right around the corner. Obviously, you dropped a great piece on James Harden, his frustrations. Jump into that and plenty more, but make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Jack, what do you got for Jake? Jake, I want to ask, obviously, probably the most pressing question Nets fans, Nets Twitter, probably the NBA world has about James Harden. Your report was as thorough a report I've seen ever. It was incredible, the amount of detail that, that was inside it. But out of all the little nuggets relating to, I guess, this, James Harden's frustrations around Kyrie Irving, Steve Nash's rotations, the taxes, the weather. Look, I was surprised you didn't include anything about like the New York strip clubs in comparison to Philly strip clubs, but maybe that's something you might have off wax, you know, on the on the cutting room floor. In terms of those things, where do you think James Harden stands now? And what do you think was the most, I guess, pressing point from your reporting? Yeah, first of all, all, all the intro, very kind of you guys. Um, you know, I'll say I it's difficult to expound much further than what I wrote. And, and the wording of what I wrote also is important being that I don't want to put words in his mouth necessarily, especially being that, I mean, I'll be, I'll be candid in saying, I think it's pretty clear. I did not talk to James Harden for this story. Um, but, you know, when he got asked about it post game that night, I guess it was that Tuesday against the Lakers. Um, he didn't really push back on it too, too much. Right. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll just say like, when he got traded from Houston, the goal was to win a championship and multiple championships. And that's been something that he's been obviously chasing for years now, all those Western Conference Finals appearances um, with the Rockets. And, you know, I don't really know necessarily if Brooklyn was like his desired choice, like that report came out um, earlier last week. I think he just wanted to go to the best situation to help him win a title. And at that point in time, it appeared to be Brooklyn. And that might not be the case anymore, right? You know, Kyrie's part-time status is one of the biggest question marks hanging over the title conversation. Um, and I think 
when uh, he got to Brooklyn, I mean, Steve Nash, by all accounts, has done a pretty sterling job in terms of managing all the personalities and egos at play there. I think that's the ultimate top responsibility on his menu of responsibilities. But, um, you know, I, I think in, in Houston, everything revolved around James, right? Not just the Rockets, but he was kind of the star of all stars in Houston. Not really the case right now. In Texas, you know, I know one of the Rockets' big sales pitch under Daryl Morey back when he was there to other free agents and guys like Dwight and to have Chris Paul come and Russ. And they talked about how state taxes were low and property taxes were low and you could buy these massive big mansions that housed 20 to 25, you know, assistants and managers and this and that, which, you know, that's not like a, people can read that as like a kind of a, uh, he's got posse type thing. Like, no, like the way the NBA works now is that every star, whether you're someone like Jalen Brown or even Shea Gildas Alexander or someone like Tyler Hero, up to the James Harden and the Kevin Durant's, like, I mean, you have to have people around you to maximize off the court fashion, your public relations, your charity work, your foundation that you that you found, um, all this type of stuff. Like, you've got these teams around you, way easier and, and cheaper to house and support all those people in in texas compared to new york city and I, I live in brooklyn i love it here but it's also just i mean apparent that he hasn't necessarily really enjoyed living here so i, I couldn't get too much um specific on that but i would imagine you know living in bumper to bumper traffic he can't take the subway he can't walk around on the street you know he's got to be getting driven around stuff like that um I, I would imagine that's part of the the dynamic of living here versus houston as well but um, yeah, to, to sum this all up, like he still does, by all accounts, seem to be invested in winning a championship in Brooklyn this season. This is what I think everyone in Brooklyn's goal is. They want to win the title, and they want to win the title now. And I think that's going to continue to govern and uh, oversee all the moves that uh, they end up making between now and the deadline. I guess before I get to sort of that last comment that you did, Mike, do you think that a lot of this could be solved by... Kyrie Irving and all the New York State changing their rules around vaccine mandates. And if Kyrie Irving's back, obviously it increases the Nets championship odds. It eases the load on James Harden being the heliocentric force that he was, was in Houston. It doesn't necessarily change the weather. It changed the tax uh, issue and, and the living sort of situation. But do you think that might be the biggest thing? Or is it, you know, the way that he's been playing, you know, there's been a greater you know impetus on him, you know, in terms of the responsibility that he's had in the absence of Kai in home games and Kevin Durant, obviously, through you know a pretty unfortunate injury. Do you think Kyrie Irving is the uh, maybe the golden ticket here? I don't want to put so much pressure on that, being that, I mean, again, as a New York City resident, I'm highly doubtful that that will be alleviated anytime soon. Um, and when that story came out about how the team could just pay city fines and taxes or whatever the terminology is to allow him into the building, um, you know, it was communicated very clearly to me from the league and from the team that, like, it's not so simple of a fix. And if it was, it probably would have been done already. Um, you know, maybe that can change too. But at this point, like, no one I've talked to with Brooklyn, no one i talked to in the NBA really expects the Kyrie Irving, New York scene clash of vaccine mandates. Like Kyrie said that he's not going to get it. And I really, at, at this point, it does not, there'd have to be some dramatic turn of events with the pandemic um, for New York to even consider 
um, getting rid of that mandate. And um, I mean, the Omicron variant is a perfect reason to not, I mean, politics and whatever aside, like it's just, it's it's enough of a um, inflection point and data point to suggest that we're not anytime anytime soon from that type of mandate being alleviated. So um, it would make things simpler, right? Like I, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a coincidence that all of a sudden that James Harden is probable to play. It's on the road, not at home, uh, where Kyrie will be playing, right? Um, you know, maybe if he if he has some right hamstring soreness, and now that I'm saying this, and maybe it gets populated on Twitter, maybe this won't happen. But um, I'm curious if he does have a right hamstring strain or toe soreness the next time they have a home game. Like, I'll be curious to see if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes it less likely he wants to play if he's dealing with something and he's going to have to go out there and exert a ton of energy. And I remember hearing stuff when he came out of Houston, he was kind of like sick of constantly being the engine alone. And now he's kind of back to being that guy in Brooklyn. But Jake, obviously, Jack mentioned Kyrie as a golden ticket. It just sounds like the golden ticket for the Nets is just winning a championship. They win a championship. It sounds like a lot of things are going to be okay. Yeah, I don't want to make it that clear. Like if he wins the title, he's staying. But it, the word on the street last week was definitely that if they lose, he's gone. So, um, I mean, that was told to me definitively. Um, and I mean, that could obviously, again, we're in Jan- we're in February 1st. Like this could all change. I mean, if the Wizards, for example, decide to, and I'm not saying this is going to happen because it's, I don't think it would, but if the Wizards called up Philly before the deadline and we're like, you know what, take Bradley Beal, but give us Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey. Um, and Philly had to think, Philly would have to think about that, you know, like, and then what other opportunities out there for James? I mean, there's others like the Clippers have been talked about as a team that is looking to potentially create salary cap space here at the deadline. I don't want to get aggregated and say the Clippers are creating uh, cap space for James Harden, but, you know, just something that I'm just connecting Intel dots, you know, having not heard that specifically. The Heat are always a team that tr- tries to make their way into play when some, these guys become available. You know, I'm sure any team, Boston, like they've been looking to get a third guy for Harden, for uh, Tatum and Brown. Like, I don't think another ball dominant guy like James is exactly the piece, but I mean, hell, this is a game about compiling superstars, you know, and like he loved it in Houston so much. They clearly got cap space. Like, what if he could get another guy to join him and they go back? Like, I'm just throwing out random possibilities to dilute this so that it doesn't get um misconstrued but um winning would certainly help everything yeah we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, unlucky, Jake. Already seen Legion Hoops tweet out Jake Fisher <laughs> aggregated, so uh, bad luck there, mate. Um, let's go back to Kyrie Irving just very quickly. You had an article earlier in the year, a couple of months ago, about you know he starts within the organization. You know, Kyrie Irving starts within the organization, fluctuates like crazy. Obviously, last year took some time off for some personal leave. We we saw what happened there. Uh, obviously, there was a, a huge kerfuffle around that. I guess a couple of months later, we're in, you know, like you mentioned, the start of February. Is there anything that you can sort of tell us about where he stands within the organization now? Because obviously, you know, at the start of the year, a, a lot of it was like, okay, Kyrie Irving's probably going to get vaccinated or the rules are probably going to be in New York that he's going to be able to play or whatever. Now, things changed so markedly. And we heard Sean Mark say that, you know, he was likely to re-sign alongside James Harden as well. And we don't normally hear Sean Marks be so forthright with the with the public and the media as well. So where does, you know, the enigmatic Kyrie Irving currently stand within the Brooklyn Nets franchise, I guess? Well, let's be clear that he's only playing because they need him to win games. Like, that's the only reason why. And the, pre- the press release they gave out pretty much said that, cut and dry. Um, if they were winning, if they were, like, clearly still the top team in the East even without him. I doubt Kyrie's back, you know, but like they've been struggling and they needed him to carry the, the weight of the load, especially with Joe Harris being hurt. Like, I think that's been a big, I mean, I'm sure Nets fans really recognize it, but I think from the outside, like around the league, I don't think people really recognize how much Joe, Joe Harris's absence has impacted things. And I think the fact that he's not back anytime soon um, is going to continue to complicate things. I think it's weighing on Brooklyn's mind as we're at the trade deadline here. Um, and, you know, back to Kyrie, like, there's, without a doubt, there are people in the, fr- I mean, when, when they traded for James and that that thing you referenced earlier where Sean was like, we're going to be three for three with extending all these guys. They only have one of those guys extended right now. There's certainly doubts in, around the league, internally, everywhere, that they'll be able to bring James back, Right. And with, without a doubt, there are people in Brooklyn who don't want to bring Kyrie Irving back, 100%. And how, and, and how could you blame them, right? You also can't blame people who, who would want to bring him back, being that he's probably one of the biggest reasons why Kevin Durant's even on your team. And Kevin Durant wants him there, and he's Kyrie Irving. He's pretty damn good when he's healthy and when he can play due to vaccine mandates. One of the best players in the world. One of the clutchest shots in championship history if the whole goal is to win a championship. Like, obviously, I see both sides. So all that is to say, like, it's complicated. And 
Yeah, I think a lot of situations, just like Brooklyn, but you know how how much Chicago is willing to go in on on their core and add one more piece. You know, depends on I think their postseason success. Um, same with Memphis. You know, um, uh, the Clippers are are looking at you know what this group can be like. I think a lot of teams around the league end up making assessments on their roster at the end of the season um, and how much how how willing they're going to spend and whatever how close they are. Blah blah blah. So it's not just Brooklyn, but with Brooklyn's case, like I think the microscope is obviously that much uh, brighter, sharper, whatever the uh, analogy is, being that it's Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving in one of the biggest cities in the world. Now, Jake, you mentioned, you know, obviously Joe Harris probably not being ready anytime soon, all the Kyrie stuff, James Harden frustration. Do you think this is going to lead to the Nets maybe being a little bit more aggressive at the trade deadline than they anticipated maybe a month ago? Yeah, the Nets have been active in calls, I think, back to December um, in, in terms of like they, they know they're not the juggernaut that they were walking into training camp as. They got the Paul Millsap situation hanging over everything. They're definitely looking to move uh, or not like they're not. Sh- I, don't, I never want to like characterize someone as being shocked, but they've definitely been aggressive in having conversations on Javon Carter and Bryce Brown, um, not Bryce Brown, um, uh, Bruce Brown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown, Bryce Brown actually plays for the Long Island Nets. So exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I saw Bryce Brown's name today and then I kind of like threw me for a loop. Um, I've just been talking, as you can imagine, NBA for the last 72 hours nonstop. Um, But yeah, like those type of moves on the margins. I mean, Nick Clax's name doesn't go away. I'll be curious if, you know, if Joe's if they don't if they're not talking about Joe, I really would be surprised that they pushed back on it when I wrote that in December. But if he's not going to play this year, theoretically, like that, that, that would seem to be a non-zero chance of happening. Right. I'm not saying he's out for the year. I'm not saying that's what, that's what it seems like. But if he's already getting this opinion right now, the second opinion, third opinion, whatever it is, um, like clearly he's not coming back anytime soon. And if this is such a championship or bust type of situation, like I could see them entertaining options of moving him for someone similar role, salary, age, or whatever. I don't know if that guy's even out there, but I'm just, I'm just spitballing here um, in terms of trying to get greater reinforcements right now. Like that's something I think isn't off the table, although I don't think it's likely um, that's just to characterize how, yeah, I think they are active here and they are making calls and taking calls and they're going to continue to uh, as the 10th gets closer. Second last question I wanted to ask you, Jake, around, I guess, you know, the names that you sort of alluded to, you know, there's been murmurings about, you know, the adding that some of the Nets' young pieces are Cam Thomas and Daron Sharp. You mentioned Nicholas Claxton. Obviously, Kessler Edwards has been playing really well since being inserted to the starting lineup. Is there any likelihood that we see any of those young guys packaged to get one of these, you know, Jeremy Grants with a Joe Harris or a Nicholas Claxton using one of the TPEs or whatever? Or are they similar to uh, probably a Joe Harris where it's just like it's unlikely, but their names might be sort of brought up every now and then? Um, I'd be very surprised being that building a team, I haven't heard those names at all. And not to say that I haven't come up, but I'd be surprised being that Building a team this expensively, it really helps to have guys like Kessler Edwards and Cam Thomas and Darren Sharp on rookie deals, which all those rookie deals off the top of my head, I would I would assume that they are four-ish year deals that run the length of Kevin Durant's extension, right? Like that would seem to be valuable pieces to have, especially if they're playing right now and showing they can prove to be um, 
strong pieces. And the fact that Nick Clax's name gets brought up being that, um, you know, they're going to have to pay him this summer. Like the roster's only continue to get more expensive. So if it would have to be like someone, someone far more of of a seamless fit than Jeremy Grant, I would think someone who they know is going to come in and they're young and they're going to fit and kind of be exactly what those guys already provide for them. And then some, I guess. Jake, is there any names that have been tied to the Nets, like from opposing teams, like somebody that maybe they've been targeting? No, haven't heard anyone in particular yet. Um, I mean, I remember hearing Javon Carter was a target of theirs before the draft, and like, sure enough, they got him. I'm trying to think, there's just been so many names flying around. Not really, no. Um, I'll, but I will, I will, that's a good idea to keep an eye on for my continuing to make calls, yeah. In, in terms of that, I guess, Jake, the sort of final one to sort of wrap it all up, you've given us, we're really gracious for the time that you've given us. It's been awesome chatting. Can't wait to have you on again for an extended period. <laughs> Where do you think, what's the likelihood if Nick loves to throw percentages and, and, put, and throw people under the bus, make them be definitive in their nature, is there a greater than 50-50 chance that, that you see the Nets make a move before the deadline? Is it less than that? You know, we've talked about their desire and whatever, but obviously there's been a... You know, no natural, no natural names that that have been linked. Where do you think the Nets stand in terms of their, you know, likelihood of acquiring or upgrading their roster, like you've reported? I think it's greater than fifty percent that they do something. I, I think they will do something. Um, if if it's something that's going to dramatically change things, I don't think so. I think the Jevon Carter, Bruce Brown type of deal. I mean, I I would be shocked if Paul Millsap was still a member of Brooklyn um, by February. 13th whatever that monday is um so if it's even something as small as that like there there will be some difference to that roster absolutely well we totally 100 percent appreciate your time nick let people know where they can find jake and all of his fantastic awesome work get that book from book depository amazon what's the name of it again nick the book is called Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. And obviously, make sure you're following Jake on Twitter. Check out his articles on Bleacher Report. A lot of good trade nuggets, not just for the Nets, for all the teams across the league. Jake, anything else you want to shout out before you get out of here? I got to run. Thank you guys so much for the time, the platform, and the kind words and support. Appreciate it. Take care. Appreciate you, Jake. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.